0: And Francesca present Cinema
1: Matrimony! Hello, and welcome to another episode.
0: Hello. <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> welcome to another episode of Cinema Matrimony. And we are. Uh, I- I'm. I'm kind of happy to say that we're already back again after another week. This is a surprising frequency for us, considering our circumstances.
0: It's true, and also a preview again this time. Well,
1: yes, yeah, so getting we're getting out there
0: screening it before the people.
1: We're bringing you another uh, movie on the day of its release, which, of course, doesn't matter to you if you're listening to this later. But um, as as usual, just a quick reminder to all of our listeners. Our podcasts are not spoiler-free. We will talk about what happens in the movie and even what happens at the end of it. So uh, if you're planning to see this and you don't want things to be spoiled for you, switch it off. Listen to us later. Um, So what we're talking about today is 50-50. I think it's a movie that probably not a lot of folks have heard of going into the release. Uh, It's kind of been flying under the radar a little bit, but I'll tell you what. The people who uh, heard about our our preview screening that we were at sure were excited about it because it was completely packed on a Tuesday night.
0: Well, that being said, though, the people next to me said, oh, yeah, isn't this that movie where the guy pretends to have cancer to get girls? I was like, whoa, no, well, it's not. They'd heard, <laughs> they'd not heard enough happens. about it. They'd heard enough about yeah, it. Yeah, but though. that's a key point is he's not pretending to have cancer. Right. That's, a, that's a pretty big... and they, and. they you know, we get our passes through gofobo.com.
1: No, don't advertise that.
0: Oh, we don't want people to know that they should. Well, I'm just saying. I'm editing that out. But okay. we
1: we get our passes through a popular internet website.
0: Why, Matt? These are these are our friends.
1: Okay. We want so them to know. Film nerds Film nerds listeners can know. We yes. don't have enough listeners All for me of them. to be worried about it, I guess.
0: Yes, but uh I mean, let's I'll tell you what. I went in expecting to enjoy it. I did not go in expecting to think that Anna Kendrick, uh, well, first of all, I didn't know Angelique, an- Angelica Houston or Anna and Kendrick were even in this movie. I didn't movie. either. I, I had no either. idea. That was a surprise to me. But I didn't go in thinking that, uh, the two of them and, or two male leads should all get Oscar nominations, but by George, I think, and I don't know, like, I don't know if I should trust myself because maybe I haven't seen a serious movie in a long time, but I thought this was it. An- Excellent movie. Yeah, I think
1: it's... I I thought it was
0: really good. I thought they were... I mean, Angelica Houston always plays, like, a little bit sexy, even though she's an older woman. And she was, like, pitch perfect as a mom. The hair helped a lot, but she was just so, so good in this. And Anna Kendrick...
1: Yeah. Once again, she's, like,
0: becoming one of my favorite actresses. You're gonna...
1: See, listen, I've always been lukewarm on Anna Kendrick, because she's a little bit awkward to me, but... And I'm I'm gonna say this only because you had a big riff on Brad Pitt in last week's podcast. But Are you about
0: to say you're in love with Anna Kendrick? No, I'm,
1: with, oh. I'm just going to say that Anna Kendrick was freaking adorable in this movie. And she's so likable. And it was, I'm, I was surprised because I didn't think that I liked Anna Kendrick. And no, she's see, think, so good in this. She's so likable.
0: I didn't like her before I like saw her in anything, which is mean. But, but I've I seen was, her like, look in look a couple of things. Face. I don't like her. Well, she was good in Scott Pilgrim.
1: She's in Scott Pilgrim and she was in Up, Up in the, the Air. Air. Didn't love her in either thing, though. But she's so likable in this. She's but
0: she's good in Scott Pilgrim. She's okay. She's a sister. No, she gets a few good laughs. She's very naturalistic. That's what I like about well, her. Well,
1: this performance, though, is something different for her because something about I, I, I almost you almost could have done a whole movie based on the premise of a grad student psychologist who is super nervous and awkward with her first cancer patient yeah
0: because well, that I, was I such a first
1: well but third. yeah but it was such an interesting dynamic because she's trying to do all of the things that a therapist is supposed to do and she does say I'll I'll go ahead and say, speaking from experience, she says a lot of the things that are like the cliche things that oh, right. therapists say. Well,
0: and the thing that, but that...
1: she's but she's a little bit less comfortable saying them, and she's just using them to make herself comfortable in the sessions because uh, I, I'm not sure you get the sense that like she doesn't totally know she doesn't totally buy what she's saying all the way. Right. She's relying on it because she doesn't know what else to say. Yeah. But.
0: Well, and you know, being based on a true story, I do wonder, I mean, I'm sure they, I feel like they maybe fabricated the love story element of the two of them, which maybe. was very nice, but it I'm didn't just saying feel it doesn't seem like that would necessarily, that just seems a little Hollywood for that to be the case. It did, it was good. It was well done, but I'm just saying like, I could see why they would fictionalize that I don't aspect. think they
1: should have put, in real life, I would say, I don't think you should put a 24 year old female psychologist with a 27 year old. Male cancer patient.
0: Well, That's anyways.
1: probably not a good idea. And actually,
0: uh, as long as I'm saying, I'm, you know, pointing out, you know, who was great. Bryce Dallas Howard, I'll tell you what. It's you a could thankless have role. Put, you could have put anyone in there, but the thing about her in it was that I believed that she believed what she was saying. Yeah, I agree. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, it could have just been a bitchy role, but you kind of... She was totally a bitch, but you kind of got that, like, she she didn't know how else to be. You know, like, she really thought, like, it is hard for me. I agree. Like, I, you know, like, you could tell that she was someone who felt totally justified in what she had done. I don't,
1: I don't, you almost feel a little bad for her because, because I think she just...
0: Uh, I'm just saying, real. There yeah. are people in real life who are that selfish, yeah. but like they don't even realize they're being that selfish. Right? She thinks, and she, she did it, it, it yeah. so. Like she actually, she would She's never. Not, it's sure. not a role that you would get nominated for because it, there wasn't enough there. But I'm yeah. saying she imbued the role.
1: I agree. I with think
0: a lot of uh, she brought more. She
1: brought more to it than I think there was there in the script. Right. I think in the script that's just a bad guy. Yeah. And I think she made it a lot more well-rounded, and there are points at which you go, you know, I get I get her side of it. Well, not most. even
0: that you get her side of it. Because she was going to break up with him. She people...
1: didn't even like him that much. Right. She only really stayed with him because he had cancer, and she kind of couldn't do anything else.
0: Right. Yeah, well, and, yeah. I, you, like, that role, I do feel like that probably was really somebody in his life, that that actually, yeah. you know, that that relationship happened, and someone, I mean, that's the thing that, you know, on Seinfeld, they mined for comedy that, you know, they, uh, you know, like... The George you find out that George had to stay with yeah, Susan. Like, oh yeah. no. You find out that they're dying, so what can you right. do? But I, I do think she was actually... She just brought a lot more to that role than I think, you know... You feel like you could cast anybody in that role, but then you realize, like, she really elevated it. Yeah. And Seth Rogen, I, you know, I hate it because he probably won't get nominated because he didn't get to have, like, a big moment, but he was really I good would say
1: the that. only person who I think... Just to bust into this Oscar party, I, I, mean, I enjoyed all of the performances very much as well. But I think probably the the one that I would say could realistically get some mention is Angelica Houston for supporting actress because I think
0: I don't know. I think because I just maybe don't know too. that
1: the movie is going to be the kind of thing that justifies uh, yeah, see, Oscar that's... attention. Well, I'll tell I could you what. be wrong. This I'm thing tell could you two this things. thing could explode and become the 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 big populist hit of the year because it's got a lot to it and I think the I think audiences are going to go nuts for this movie I think it's going to be a hit
0: audibly responding to stuff I'll tell you the two things that I heard even though I was trying really hard not to listen to people afterwards I heard two different people say it was just too it was almost too real like people were going like that's how it is
1: do you want to know what movie this made me think of
0: Terms of Endearment.
1: Terms of Endearment.
0: Well, they also mention it in the movie. I know.
1: Well, that's a good thing to mention because this movie, and having just seen Terms of Endearment for the first time for Back to the Movies Project, check the blog for that.
0: Oh, my
1: gosh. Uh, this, this is really, what they're doing here is Terms of Endearment for a 2011 crowd because it, it hits, I think it hits the same, um, Stuff in your brain and in your heart, but I think it does it in a 2011 acceptable way. Particularly, I think I think we uh, I think audiences today will respond better to the way this movie ends than than they would today to if you ended it the way that Terms of Endearment ends. Well, it's also and not a true to criticize, story. not to criticize Terms of Endearment. I'm just saying I think. That that kind of ending works for nineteen eighty three audiences, a little bit more melodramatic. And I think this works better for today's audiences. Well,
0: again, it's based on a true story as well, so they're not gonna But end it's it.
1: not it's not a biopic. I mean it's it's written. It's a it's a work of fiction. So they could have ended it however they wanted to end it.
0: Yeah, it's based it's on by real. The guy who survived. Yeah, but Spoiler, it's
1: it's sorry. it's 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 based on real experiences, but it's not like they're trying to make a documentary.
0: But I mean, I you know, I, it definitely made me cry. Basically, I was, oh, I was holding it together me pretty too. good, pretty good until his parents are saying bye to him before me too. he goes into surgery. The, you know what it was? Which I know that the, hits a little home him, for us. <laughs> I
1: know, but he he talking to his dad who has Alzheimer's. Okay. In the hot when he was about to go into surgery. That was where I started to lose it.
0: Well, and here again, you know, if you if you went into it like I think anything I've read about it indicates that they really were mining true experiences for this. So I don't think they like invented the Alzheimer father and I think if you Maybe if you didn't know that it was a true story, you might feel like that was a device. But I think I don't. I don't think they are that cold hearted. I don't know if it they would have made that a device, because it makes it flushes out his simple. mom's character too—that she's already a caretaker for someone. Well, th- I and think, now the only other person in her life, you know, is also ill, and how traumatic but that is, for her. That
1: is the narrative purpose that it serves. If, for, but if, if, I'm saying, like, if I, you were just making, Matt, up. I'm telling
0: you, I read stuff. This is, I think, this is like okay. anything Seth Rogen has said. Like, you know, we wanted to make a true story about. What it was like to go through, you know, your friend having cancer. And he's even said, like, I actually found out on the toilet. He was like, but that would not film very nicely. He's like, it's a funny story to tell people, but that would be gross to put on film, that he was sitting on the toilet when his friend told him he had cancer. But I I think it is, supposed, I mean, I, that was their intention, was to make a very well, realistic
1: Look, again, I, film. this is kind of the argument I have with other movies, too. But I will say, I'm less concerned with source material, just like Harry Potter. I'm less concerned with where it comes from than how it ends up playing as a movie. Because well, I know, but it,
0: I'm just saying, knowing that it's based on a true story makes me go like, okay. While it could have felt divisive to have an Alzheimer father, like I think that actually came from a real place. Because to me, it well, would be, I think it works. I know it. I know, but I'm just saying, it especially works knowing that I'm. I'm pretty sure it was a true, you know, fact. Okay. Of the thing. Well, me, I'm glad it
1: helps you to know that it was, that it was possibly real. But, but anyways, cause I, cause I think we've already decided we don't think the Anna Kendrick part of it was real.
0: Well, like I said, I just, I think that narratively it makes, I like, I don't, I, we're
1: not talking about catfish here. I know. Oh my gosh. Shut
0: up. So annoying.
1: Anyways. Um. I mean, we didn't mention oh, Gordon Gordon-Levitt.
0: Wait, let's let's pause. I started. I said that there were two things I heard. Okay, counting two people saying that it was almost too real as one thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing I heard when I was trying really hard to ignore um, Corey's friend, Corey Kraft was there. Hello, Corey, Corey
1: Kraft and his mom. Yeah, oh, fame, fame, psh, nice. of of film nerds fame, Corey's um, mom.
0: But uh, I don't know who he's talking to. But the, that person said I kept waiting for them to t- take him, like make a misstep. And they just didn't. And that's the way it felt. Like, it yeah. felt like the kind of...
1: I didn't hear him say that, but that's a good point. I, yeah, I don't like, think that they at made no any no point do you go like,
0: ah! Oh, because even when, you know, the romance pays off, it was, you know, it was it all felt very organic. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel like, you know... And that was a kind of a key point of him dealing with his cancer was his relationship with her as a therapist. So, like, it wasn't like they just plugged that in to have a love interest. Like, it felt like No, the like chemistry it felt... There.
1: It was just... It, before they even directly mentioned it, you could feel chemistry in those scenes because it was just it just happened you know it just it just plays that way you kind of thought, right, but i'm
0: saying it wasn't like she was just some girl who was flown it like she had a purpose in yes, this cancer experience sure. as well yeah so like it didn't it didn't feel very um forced at all
1: i really like uh i'll say this too this is ultra spoiler if you haven't heard it yet but i really like how they ended the movie i think they they could have made it uh, I think if they tried to go relationship payoff, like do a big kiss, yeah, I think it would have, I think it was unnecessary. I think we get it. The fact that she's over there for a date, that's all you need, you know? And, uh, to me, it's, it's, I, I thought that was very smart of them and a little bit Ballsy of them to say we're going to cut to credits right before people think they're going to kiss.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I thought it was I a did. good move. I liked it. You got to was... know
1: when to end a movie. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, and we should. It should not be uh, disregarded. This was a very funny movie. There was a lot of laugh Seth out Rogan, loud moments.
1: Seth Rogen's sense of humor is is huge to this movie's tone, and I well,
0: you know, and he's got
1: you that real improvisational. Moment. He's got this real improvisational sense, I, I, you know. His his whatever, however they, they may have written those jokes, even if John, even if the writer of the movie is the guy that wrote the lines, Seth Rogen makes it sound like he just came up with it. Everything he says. You
0: know what is strange to me about Seth Rogen? As I said to you, I keep thinking I'm not going to like him, and then every time I see him in a movie, I just you do I do like him. But yeah. you know what? You know what it is? It's because I really didn't like him in Freaks and Geeks. He was my he's least not favorite part in that show. But no, I mean, I thought he was a bad actor in Freaks and Geeks. He was like yeah. to me the one low point in that show, and I, I love him in films.
1: Well, he's not very. His I don't think his sense of humor came across on camera very well. In he needs to. It
0: feels like he needs to be saying his own lines because in Freaks and Geeks. I always felt like he was doing a line reading. Yeah. Like, because he has... He, I guess because he has a voice and he has But he's the kind of a jerk character. A, I
1: mean, that's just... That was just who he played a little bit.
0: Well, I didn't think he was a good actor back then. And now I really, really appreciate him. And, you know, he he didn't... Like, the thing is... I think
1: he's gotten a lot better. Even if you go back and look at 40-Year-Old Virgin, I think he's a much better actor now than he was then. He's... He... he everything... Like I said, in this movie, that that's what really, I think, pulls the big laughs... ...for him is that everything he says in this movie sounds like he just thought of it. And I don't know that... I think he still had that very rehearsed sound to his delivery in 40-Year-Old Virgin and some of the early stuff he did. So I think he's getting more naturalistic. He co-wrote this, right? No, he didn't co-write it. He, He encouraged... He is friends with the guy that wrote it, who was a cancer patient... Right. No, he I, was, and so he encouraged know, him to write right.
0: it. See, ten minutes ago, when I was telling you that anything I've read, about I know it is. the backstory of this movie. I'm just saying, Oh, brother. It's also know, you said it like you were telling it's also me, a like script. he's friends with the guy. You know, it's
1: also for, a script, and it plays out the way it's supposed to in the you know a lot of number yeah, but of pages. I'm just saying, so
0: those things that were written may have been things that he actually said at some point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's not, like I said, it's not a documentary, it's a movie Oh script. my gosh, Matt, okay, but,
0: you're a fart, I know it's not a documentary.
1: But, uh, anyways, yes, I agree with you that But, Roman, you know, the
0: thing is, I feel like he didn't, he didn't quite get to have his Oscar moment, but, like, it felt like it was just under the surface, and really, his Oscar moment was his friend finding the book, you know, that you find yeah, out, like, yeah. like, like, that, like, that was kind of a beautiful thing, that, like... What also, you find out is the reason he's keeping his chin up and always joking with him is stuff is because he's been reading a book that says you know don't get too serious with uh-huh. your friend like don't let them see you get upset and stuff yeah. like oh that's also that was, a, that was a Michael Giacchino's
1: jerker. best moment of the movie I would say too I know uh, next it's good to next see child, him doing girl or different... boy is going to be named Giacchino, okay <laughs> Giacchino's first person we will go with yeah. the well I think my, this is this is very good work for him and it's. Uh, you know, we've yet to say it's a bad word about Michael porn. Giacchino, about any...
0: <laughs> that was my lost impression oh, the yeah. lost music cue.
1: I don't <laughs> even know if he wrote that. But, well,
0: I mean, probably. But anyway. Presumably.
1: No, J.J. J. Abrams probably wrote it. But the... Uh,
0: no, J.J. Abrams wrote season two and beyond Felicity. <sighs> can you become, can he become... You had to
1: get a Felicity reference. A new him.
0: version of you.
1: Craig Hamilton appreciates your Felicity reference. Well... Um,
0: it's the worst but this ever. is good
1: work for Michael Giacchino again and like like I said really that whole sequence where he's like the night before the surgery where he's okay. walking around is is I was on really the precipice of
0: crying that really whole time good
1: the music takes over the movie at that point and it's really strong uh, score at that point and I just think it was it was solid overall um Gordon levitt you were talking about him. Yeah. He was just, he was great. great it was a
0: really solid, solid performance. You know, he, I just think he played it perfectly. I mean, I, I, I always enjoy him, but there was, there was like an understated, like he didn't go showboat. And of course him being understated and being really cool about it, of course all pays off when he has his like primal scream moment mm-hmm. in the car.
1: And when he's pre-surgery because he starts yeah, he to lose so, it right there. Gets
0: so scared and nervous. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Uh, but also the moment, like, at his big appointment with his mom, mm-hmm. which was Angelica Houston's Oscar clip moment, I feel like, when she was like, oh, I'm going the highlight of my week yeah. is going to the support group. I agree. Oh, golly. Oh, golly.
1: Angelica Houston. I, I that, that's She will what, definitely
0: get an nomination. That's what I, I, I think like. will
1: come out of this, is I think there's a good chance. I think she'll definitely get.
0: But see, I think this is going to be... a. I think critics are going to go nuts over this. Movie. I think it's you know, uh, I think they will. It's early for it's we're early for award season, but I think this is going to get a you know Rotten Tomatoes ninety eight ninety nine rating. I think people yeah. are going to love this. Movie. I think
1: this. I think it will go over really well, and I think hopefully audiences will start to spread the word and and
0: uh, yeah. You know, well, I think this is. I mean, it's pretty prof, it's pretty say,
1: profane as far as language goes, but you know what? So what's Terms of Endearment, by the way.
0: Yeah. True. I think yeah. I think this is going to be a word of mouth movie. This for could sure. be the terms of be, endearment
1: of two thousand eleven.
0: Well, I think I think people will leave this movie and say to other people, "It was really good." And it's you know, it's kind of like felt a little bit in in the profanity arena. Of like bridesmaids said to me that it like came out swinging, but it sort of. I mean, it sort of laid off after a while.
1: But it, it just, worked when they did it. They, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I'm just saying, like, it was sort of like even you the know, big. This sword. isn't your mom's cancer. Oh,
1: that, that was, was so a funny. big. That was a big laugh. That was probably one of the bigger laughs of the movie.
0: That's true. And it will <laughs> <but here's laughs> he's so saying, excited was... that he busted her. And that whole scene when he was breaking up with her, and yeah. by he I mean Seth Rogen's yeah, character, <laughs> right? That was so good. Yeah. Oh, it was such a good movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. But
1: on that note, really quickly, I want to go on a little bit of a tirade, which I started to go on in the car, and he stopped oh, me. Right. But we were at this screening, okay? And first of all, let me let me say that. Uh, Ben Flanagan, our fellow film nerd, did not make it into the screening Sorry, because man. they overbooked and Ben we, Flanagan... We would
0: have helped see for you, but they wouldn't let you hold a seat unless you had a ticket. But
1: let me tell you who was sitting in Ben Flanagan's seat in the screening. Uh, number one, a five-year-old baby. Four, three, four, or five-year-old. I mean, that's a baby, okay? And then an eight or nine or ten-year-old Little girl.
0: You're <laughs> really good, by the way, at figuring out how old you are. Yeah, I know. Are. All right. So, so a bit, Somewhere between three and ten.
1: There was a toddler behind me, directly behind me, who at one point said, Mommy, why is everyone laughing? And then there was a little girl and her dad, who, the little girl, like I said, she's, I, I, I would guess maybe third grade, something like that. Um, and this is an R-rated movie. And yes, there is... Well, there is a sex scene in it. There is... There is minimal... I mean, there's there's no sure. violence. There's nothing disturbing. But the language is over the top. And there's a lot of very graphic sexual talk. And it's all meant, you know, for comedy. But again, it's probably even worse for the one that I'm calling the 10-year-old. Because she might actually have a clue what they're talking about. And uh, to me... Look, I know it's hard. We're, we're Francesca and I are parents here. You know, Cinema Matrimony is about a married couple trying to watch movies. It's tough to, to arrange something so that you can go see movies when you have kids. But you know what? If you've got free screening passes to a movie and you can't find a sitter and the movie's rated R, you're not going to the movie. I, I, I think movie theaters should not allow children into an R-rated movie. And I know that's been discussed elsewhere. And I know the Flanagans have... have, Their cinematic knowledge has benefited greatly from having (laughs) violated that rule several times. But, I mean, to me... uh, There were a lot of adults that wanted to be in that movie uh, who should have been in there instead of little kids. And, uh, I, I don't know, to me, I'm still... Very bothered by people bringing their little kids into R-rated movies and exposing them to that. I I always get offended by it, you know. And yes, that is judgmental of me, but I think it's,
0: uh, it's not judgmental. Well, I... I that's ridiculous. But yeah. you know what? I think it's they're digging the their theater. own grave they want to leave a movie theater and have their five-year-old say, "What's a BJ, mom?" Right. But they wouldn't say that. They would say the actual thing because they've just heard it like twelve times in a movie. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... it's. I don't like it.
1: Well, to me, I was mostly irate about it because my friend should have been sitting in the seat that the baby was in.
0: Right, and they did actually leave, you said, eventually. Well, no,
1: the 10-year-old and her dad, after about 45 minutes of the movie, got up. After most of the damage had already been done, yeah. they got up and left. The little, the little kid, though, the toddler, she stayed the whole movie. She stuck it out. And uh, so, anyways, uh, my... You know, my, my rant here, basically, is I think it should be on the movie theater. And to me, I don't know why movie theaters don't have a policy uh, of keeping kids out kind of R-rated Well, rights. because I,
0: I told you that. I think
1: the they have a moral R-rated, obligation to do R that.
0: R is restricted unless you're with an adult. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if an adult is bringing their child in, the theater has said it's restricted for children under the age of 17 without an, without an adult. So... If you're an adult, and you're bringing in a kid. They can't really say anything to you. But
1: I think you should be reported. To, I think they should have a social worker in a movie theater. Listen, as already, ready movie to movies take go, your kid away. Because even bring even though there was a kid. sex
0: scene in this, it, you didn't see anything. There was no nudity. I mean, it was you know graphic in as much as it's you know two people having. That's sex not and that's not what I was not, thinking
1: about. So to me, what went through my head was that in the opening. Fifteen or twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, they're
0: talking a lot. There's about. a
1: discussion about how his girlfriend is not having right. sex with him, and so and it's really graphic. And uh, to me, ten-year-old and the little kid behind me, I was a, I was highly aware of both of them being there and listening to that. And you know, instead of just watching the movie, you should that's have spilled your drink about. on
0: you to cause a distraction. But... Yeah. Um, I will say, this is not a rant in the fashion of that, but I'm going you know, we had a completely, well, sold out, so to speak, nobody bought tickets because it was a free screening, but a full theater, and, you know, my preference for a movie is, like, Saturday afternoon, and I'll tell you why. Because, well, in addition to not being able to sit next to my husband, that was not cool. Yeah. we were, like, ten rows apart from each other. But, but we didn't affect each other's in a, opinions. In a comedy... That's good. It's nice to have people, you know, laugh. Laughing around, me, oh yeah. Lines were getting stepped on. I was missing stuff because people were laughing. So well, you much. know what? That's kinda... there was one at near the end. Anna Kendrick has a line that is funny, and I we uh-huh. like everyone in the theater missed it.
1: Well, I heard it, but what did she say? She was she was saying, uh, "Don't let it." What channels? What channels is he not allowed to watch? So that was the gist of the joke, basically. What? Okay, so what what he was saying is Seth Rogen was going through all these things about uh, he's got. You know, Percocet uh. in the bathroom and such and such over here. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, that's why I then he's he like, oh, yeah, I like her.
1: She says, are there any channels he can't watch? And she's like being a babysitter, you know? Right. So that was her line.
0: And that's funny. And, you know, and but the reason it bothered me that but we missed know, that line is because Seth Rogen's then like, all right, I like her. She's that's, funny. Like, that's, that's good, you know? That's
1: actually on the editor. They're, they're supposed to... Uh, Hold for laughs. They're supposed to edit a film in such a way that the audience laughter does not step on... The lines.
0: Well, they they didn't give themselves enough credit, I guess. That's I mean, right. It that did happen a few times, and I was like, "Shut!" I always find myself being like, "Shut up! I'm trying to hear the well, movie. you." Know what? I Stop couldn't tell. so
1: much. I couldn't tell. Let me tell you this: the the one that I missed. Did we ever get like a visible or audible reaction from? It, did Seth Rogan's date at the art show go all wrong as soon as he used the c word? Is that yeah, what she yeah did she like, get horribly offended
0: as soon as he said that she kind of like huffed and walked away okay. and he was like sort of chasing after. See, them. I
1: didn't get that. I was I, that was another one that I that I lost because as soon as he says that line, uh, the theater exploded with laughter because yeah. everybody was. It is kind of a big like. In a way, you are rooting for him to catch well, her out. Because you did get
0: a sense that she was funny. a jerk, you know, right. too. Like you you kind of felt like that she left like basically the whole audience turns against her when she yep. leaves him waiting after That's his right. chemo. Like I think somebody's even like, like we, oh like somebody actually the best said something. thing that could
1: have happened that she got caught cheating on him because
0: he would have stayed with her otherwise, right. you know, so, even though she was being like subtly a jerk to him.
1: Yeah. So it's a it was a it was a moment. It, to me that was the loudest laugh from the audience. And yeah, I totally missed that his that he lost his date over it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I think he like just all it was was she walked off and she like huffed and walked off, and he kind of was like, "Oh shit!" And, yeah, like, he said, "I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said."
1: Yeah, he said, yeah. I, "I usually don't say that." Yeah, I, think, that's, what he I, don't, said. I don't,
0: I don't, I don't use that phrase. <laughs> right. very often yeah. or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Um,
0: oh, sorry, I used a profanity. That's okay. Podcast. That's
1: okay. I don't. No, I don't have. Okay. A, uh, look, we've we've sworn on on film Nerds podcast. That's been established. This all is right. a. Well, N- <S- <S- yeah, but not
0: usually me.
1: NSFW. Not safe for work. Okay. That's what, that's, that's the label we put on our, on our podcasts. Do we really? No, I'm just, i I didn't know that. was like, you do
0: like clean, explicit NSFW.
1: That's a, that's a meme.
0: You're a meme. It's an internet meme. You call me meme sometimes.
1: Sometimes. Um, so anyways, uh, final final verdict on this movie is i would say one of oh, the best really, really good. one of the best of the year for sure and as much as i liked moneyball and thought it was a crowd pleaser this this might be something special this might be something that really does uh, just kind of hit the the zeitgeist you know well, I, I, it's hard to know it's hard to predict that but to me that audience tonight is going to walk out of there and going to be spending this week telling people that they need to see 50
0: Well, like I said, you know, the uh, two people not together saying, like, it's, it was almost too real. I mean, I don't know if it's just getting older, but it does seem like you know so many people who get cancer. And, like, I don't know if cancer is on the rise or if I'm just in a place where I know a lot of people who have it. No, it's, just, it's it. very common. But, like, you it know, always has been. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like, it, it feels like, you know... Probably everyone knows someone, if only peripherally, who's gone through this, and it's it just felt so authentic. And you know, my and it kind doesn't of,
1: have to be cancer, really. If you you know, to me, it's the it's as it works about as, as an experience about being being unhealthy, being sick, and or being seriously the around a sick seriously ill, or supporting someone who's seriously ill. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. It, well, you know, my kind of. I liked Moneyball, but my sort of grievance with it was that like, some of it felt like it was kind of shoved in there. In this movie, nothing it's unfair. felt...
1: It's unfair to compare. This is a straight comedy. I'm just saying, yeah. you
0: know, my general grievance with that movie was that it sort of felt like, you know, that the, the whole daughter thing was kind of forced mm-hmm. in there to sort of lead to a payoff. And all of this felt very, very organic and you know nothing felt forced and like Corey's friend I'm sorry Corey's friend I don't know who you are but you're totally getting name checked in yeah. well not name checked in cinematic <laughs> right. but his point that you know you just ke- you just keep on waiting for it to misstep and it just really never did like there was mm-hmm. it was just a really solid like usually, tight movie Usually
1: movies like this kind of get very easily lost because of self-indulgent writing and I don't think he ever went that way I think
0: I mean, even the dad character really could have been exploited more, and he wasn't. Like, he was, other than, you know, just kind of having to go like, oh, hello, it's nice to meet you. Like, yeah. the whole dinner table sequence, they could have, like, tried to mine his Alzheimer's for laughs, and they mm-hmm. really didn't. Like it, right. And they only, you know, the moment they, that sort of, quote-unquote, the payoff of him having Alzheimer's right before he goes into surgery was so delicate and like mm-hmm. subtle and just it was really poignant you know it didn't feel like they were mm-hmm. hitting you over with a hammer with like this should be the part that makes you cry you mm-hmm. know it was just sort of like oh god like you're yeah. so excited about his coat i'm gonna start crying oh you're gonna start crying too mm-hmm. i'm making everybody miss even talking about Oh. Uh, well you said oh but you're over there with your little shining eyes <laughs> <laughs> so it's good, dusty. In here. I'm getting myself worked up again. But it was such a good movie.
1: I would, I, and I will. I just want to say, I just want to mention again. I, I don't know that this is. I don't. I think Angelica Houston's the the one to you know look for as a awards candidate. But I think this. I think this is a big moment for Anna Kendrick because I, I to me something about this role she. She just really—I'll
0: tell you what she just really, uh, she she just really latched
1: on, like she, you know. Sometimes there's there's a there's a moment with actresses with young, the, the actresses that you're supposed to be rooting for the guy to get in the end, you know, uh, and they just got to have the right character, but they also have to they have to sort of hit this performance where just something something about them becomes so charming is the word I would use, where you just are. You you know the audience becomes smitten with her, and to me, this is that kind of role for Anna Kendrick. I think she's going. I think she's going to become a bigger deal after this movie well, because I think people are just going to fall in love with her in this
0: movie. I'll tell you the moment that sold me on her. It's the first. I think it's his first appointment with her, and she they, the camera cuts her and she's talking to him. She has like a day planner or like a notebook or something laid out, and she's talking to him and the little there's like a little leather strap coming off of it and hits her wrist and she kind of like yeah, fidgets with her I, I noticed that and I was like she's so this is like so naturalistic yep. like she's such a good actress that mm-hmm. you know she like is doing things with her hands she's you know nervous. like yeah. but it's you know it's just it just felt so authentic and that moment I was like okay you got me kid uh-huh. you're show me what she's, you can do she she did the and right and it helps that she's not like Traditionally gorgeous, like she's very pretty, but she's kind of also a little strange looking. A I little think that's of her part face. of the.
1: I think that's part of the charm in this because because it, it do not to me. And if you want to use a comparison here, that is an actress that they thought we would all fall in love with her the way we're supposed to with people like that, and I don't think we did. Zoe Deschanel in in Five Hundred Days of Summer, uh, to me. You know, but well, she's just, kind of supposed to be a bit. It's so a likable it. movie. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it, even though some of the film nerds would would kill me for that. But I never fell in love with Zoe Deschanel in that movie.
0: No, but I think the point is she's kind she's of she's an...
1: too she she's she's movie star looking, and uh, I think you kind of can't be, um, for for us to start rooting for you to be happy. I, I don't want to see somebody who looks like they belong on a red carpet. Like to me, uh, a good example of that. Somebody like, um, you know, somebody like Jessica Biel, I guess. Now, not that she's a good actress anyway. Um, but you know, she doesn't look like a human being. She looks like an actress. And so you can never really root for somebody to me. You just never latch on. You never go, Oh, you know, you never put yourself in the guy's shoes and go, "Oh, that's," you know, "go for it, man, go after her." You know.
0: Well, you know, Embrace Dallas Howard. They had her really bathed up, but the the thing about her is she because like S S O, she's a really good actress. She's I really slightly enjoy her.
1: more good looking than she, she should she, be in the movie, but other than that, but I, I think th- I you know,
0: it. I think you probably could have put her in that role, and it's the same effect that she's not. If you if you, I mean, she was really bathed up because she was supposed to be like his hot artist girlfriend. Yeah. But I think if you take off the eyeliner, you know she's actually a little unusual looking. And if you're mm-hmm. not tarting her up, she could actually work, function in the same way that she's. You could see her and be like, "No, she's just somebody off maybe. the street." Maybe you know? I think so. I, think but maybe, I, I she don't was know. Just I just Hollywood. Whatever, whatever it for this was, she's supposed to be the mean baby. What, whatever
1: it was, and Anna Kendrick's got a little bit like meekness to her too, because she's because she's little, you know and, uh, like, she kind of used that a little bit and Up in the Air. It worked for her there a little bit, too, but to me, just something about this this character is... such a
0: crush on her. I'm oh just saying, God. the
1: character's written so well. I, I just think it's big. I, I think I expect this out of Seth Rogen and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. This is, to me, this is, like, this is what they do, and you you totally expect it out of them, and they're right there, and it's good, And but I wasn't expecting to, like... Anna Kendrick. Well, like movie. I said,
0: I wasn't expecting Angelica Houston to totally put away her sex appeal and just be somebody's mom. Well, she's
1: awesome. done that for a while now. If you think about, uh, what was the Wes Anderson movie?
0: World Tenenbaum?
1: No, no, no. The last one that she was in. Yeah,
0: but she, no, uh, Darjeeling. Darjeeling. She, she, no, she was like that. But she's always just kind of, like, usually she has the long hair and she's always just sort but of, Tenenbaums she's too. sort of a Helen uh, Helen Mirren sort of woman. Yes. That even though she's old, there's still sort of a sexiness to her. And this was mm-hmm. really very dowdy. Like, there was no sexiness. She really was just your mom. Yeah, she's movie, a mom. You know? And that was... And again, I think the hair went a long way to make you mm-hmm. go, like, okay, this is... But she was, like, a little bit, you know, heavier than you've ever seen her. She mm-hmm. was just... It was just a really... And, I mean, she's always a very fine actress, but you this know, was just a different side of her that you don't usually get to you see. You know what she...
1: You know what she did really well in this is um, that the worrying... The worrying mom was more than dialogue she really is kind of always quivering a little bit and, mm-hmm. and, like, jittery. Even though she may not have even... That's, like, a word that's coming to my head to think about her performance, but she may not have even actually been jittering, but she put off this vibe in all of her scenes that she's... that she can't sit still, you know? And it it puts you on edge watching her. And just like it would if you had a very worrisome mother...
0: You did.
1: And, uh... And it, it puts you on it puts you on edge just like Joseph Gordon Levitt's character is about her that he, well
0: and you like know, he she's, didn't want to she's talk got to the,
1: her right she's got a good intentions but she's just making you feel worse because she's she's all negativity she's all a downer you know and
0: uh, well and that when he calls her to ask her to bring him to the to the doctors and she just says, answers the phone and goes what's wrong what's yeah, the matter right. You know, but I, I think I just think, I think was, that's something that some people can relate to. It was a,
1: it was there was a lot of kind of buried intensity in her performance, and that's a thing that she does going way back, even to early Angelica Houston. She's kind of always had that a little bit that she's, she well, you know, it a good actress like,
0: has stuff going on under yeah, the surface. You know, she's
1: very good at making it seem like she's trying to stay calm and quiet, but that she's kind of got a lot of explosions happening under the surface, you know, Right, right. it's, it's a, it's a very strong, short Again, you keep telling me
0: like it's not documentary, but I'm just saying this feels so authentic to me that I feel like some of it had to have been ripped directly from his real life. Like oh, I can tell you the therapy
1: stuff is they definitely researched what a ther what a, well, I mean, look, what a therapist does in a session down to, I mean, well it the was, whole thing about like you can't exactly like control some, how your parents are having.
0: acting, but you can yep. control your reaction she, to them. Like that said, is and that is just good.
1: She said some she said some stuff to him that I have heard word for word from from a doctor. Well, report. but it
0: it's also because it's good advice.
1: Yeah, I know. But but I think I think there must be some protocols that they that they base those scenes on and uh, and but but of course when they go off script she doesn't know what to do. Right. And so, you know, that's what that's what makes well, the scene start to be. The, interesting. the
0: whole moment where he's like, Did I just score your digits? And she was yeah, like, She was
1: so uncomfortable with
0: that. No, but she she that was obviously her attention was and like you know she's gonna give her whatever.
1: The the Doogie Hauser joke uh, was please. goofy, but it played really well. The well, crowd again, really as, loved it. The
0: credit goes to her though. Like she just she's, totally she's so good. Dumbstruck. She really is funny. See, that's the thing, you're forgetting like she was funny in Scott Pilgrim. Like the girl's got, time, yeah, I know. You know she can get it done.
1: Yeah,
0: you know she was his kind of, and she in that movie she had a very you know pretty small and thankless role, mm-hmm. but she was very funny. Yeah, in it. So well, this became a love fest about the late. Who again? I didn't even know either of these women were yep. in this film. I knew I had I knew seen about Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard. Howard, but they like, which I give them credit, I guess, for the fact that they're not trying to sell it as a romantic comedy, but. I mean, a little bit. Well, it this was. is a
1: male-oriented movie because, yeah. Except for
0: we've just spent a whole podcast talking about the women in it. I having, know. You know, hit it out of the park. But that's I,
1: I, the the marketing is male-oriented because I think they think it's going to play better to that crowd because it's it's got the profanity angle to it, and there, even though that whole subplot of Seth Rogen trying to get laid by using the cancer uh, is part of it. That's definitely not what this movie's about. That is a that is a little side uh, plot line, but they're going to sell the movie as Seth Rogan tries to get laid, well, because his friend has cancer. I think they're going to sort of that will be the one, the uh-huh. one line pitch.
0: As I said, that's what the woman next to me thought yeah. the movie was. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, that's an easier premise to explain in a movie than this is a movie about a the portrait. experience of having cancer. And, but it's really funny, so I don't think you can sell. I don't think you can sell that. I think you just have to get people in the theater and let them watch it and go. You know what? That was a, that was a damn I good laughed, movie. I cried. It wasn't just funny. Yeah,
0: I give it two thumbs up.
1: Yeah, I would say it was it was uh, nearly as effective as Terms of Endearment, but funnier. A lot funnier.
0: I might call this my favorite movie of the year.
1: It's up there for sure for me. I really
0: love Bridesmaids too, though.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to
0: think what else we've seen. But those are probably...
1: Bridesmaids gets a little wandery. The, to me, this movie yeah. knows where it's going the whole time. This, I would, I think I would say this is the best movie I've seen this year.
0: See, you, you, you scoffed at me coming in all... No, I just gotta about think about Oscars, it. I gotta think, I think about it for a minute. We'll you know, I think this could be a best. How are they doing best pictures this year?
1: Mm. Well, it, it's not
0: 10. It's, if it was 10, it would it's definitely a minimum,
1: be. In. It's a minimum of five. And essentially, it's going to be you got to get a certain percentage of the first place votes. And whoever gets that percentage between five and 10 gets nominated.
0: I think you might see a best picture nom for this movie. I could maybe, see. It. I would say maybe writing for sure, probably. Maybe. Directing, maybe? I
1: think it's worth talking about picture for this. Because, look, this is a a year where, I mean, I'm looking ahead. I'm not seeing anything that people are screaming about. You remember last year, everybody was already talking about, by this time, we were already talking about Social Network. We were talking about Black Swan. We were, oh, yes, about, we were
0: talking about.
1: Yes, we were talking about blacks. Um, we were talking about. A, uh, there, there, were a couple. There were a couple others. Well, I think Clooney's
0: movie, of course, just because he's George Clooney and it's political. It'll probably be, you know, being one. Maybe I mean, look,
1: Clooney's made movies that didn't get, uh, the Oscars didn't bat an eyelash at.
0: Yeah, but it's also got Ryan Gosling. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think Drive. I think I are think talking
1: this about. movie will really. I think more so than drive this movie Drive is an underground hit I think this movie uh, especially Ooh, it's if so it scary plays, to talk because
0: we don't know if it
1: plays as well as it did with our audience and it starts to get some word of mouth uh, I really think this uh, I could definitely see this being a best picture nominee.
0: okay. At the beginning of this podcast, listeners, please well, what, back I just been,
1: I agree with you, but, but look, this is an immediate reaction. So it's filtering through my brain, and I'm thinking, what? Or what what's it up against? I mean, Tin
0: Forget about what it's up against. I think on its own, it's a really, really good movie. Yeah. Um, should we mention that we were thinking about starting a email address for you and I?
1: Well, for now, you can always, if you want to email uh, us here, we would, we would be more than happy to Answer questions or well, just or read I was your If, if posts there's something allowed, in a film
0: that we didn't discuss if that like, you wanted us to discuss. If you
1: would like our if you would like to correspond with Cinder Matrimony, uh, eventually we're gonna set up its own email address. But you can for now you can email us at Matt at mm, Yeah,
0: you can email us at Matt
1: No, look, I will share it with you if we receive oh, thanks, that. Oh but uh if you yeah, if you have anything you'd like to talk to the show about, email email us at Matt at and uh, we can read your emails or questions, or even if you just want to tell us how awesome you think we are, we'll, well read that on the. How podcast. awesome
0: we are, or perhaps how awesome one or the other of the hosts are.
1: Yeah, if you just want to talk about Francesca and make her feel good, because you know Francesca doesn't have as many Twitter followers mm. as I do, and it makes her it makes her really uh, insecure sometimes. And
0: Francesca also has a fat ass and two kids. And she could just use well, any Francesca, kind of positive...
1: I don't I don't think ass size has anything to do with my I don't know. You can hear Twitter it in my followers. voice. Shit. You
0: can hear it in my voice that well, my ass is fat. I think you can tell.
1: Ridiculous. So,
0: if you just want to write and say how, how tiny my ass sounded
1: tonight, <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> I would appreciate it. All right. Well, so anyways, yes, please uh, please shoot us an email if you'd like. Matt at FilmNerds.com. Mm. Uh, visit the blog FilmNerds.com slash blog. And find us on Facebook. Uh, the FilmNerds.com Facebook page where you can get... we will Basically, anytime we post something new, you'll get it right away. And we also have a Twitter handle. I'm just throwing this all out here. At FilmNerds. Over on Twitter, follow that. And uh, anything? You're a little
0: plug boat, aren't you? I know. Is
1: there anything else we should plug?
0: <sighs> These... Podcasts are available on iTunes. But I guess we're listening to it. They are. Time. They're available on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Brave Motion Pictures, the future now is showing. We're still <laughs> we're angling We're for still free passes. not
1: being paid or given any kind of benefit for saying that. Yeah. We well, just like Brave Motion Pictures.
0: And a, a little tip for the uh, the weary film goer: mm-hmm. if you happen to be in a full movie theater and you leave it and you have to pee like a crazy person, uh, go to the other side of the theater. Where there are not as many people. You'll get right in and out.
1: That's your movie theater tip of the week. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. Go if to you the other out side. you come on the right side and there's tons of people, just walk over to the left side of the theater and use that bathroom.
1: Good tips. We should do that every time. We should just do it. Francesca gives a tip about how to use a movie theater better. Yep. So. Next time, something about salt on popcorn.
0: Well, I'll save it.
1: Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, go see Fifty Fifty. We... Highly recommend it. I
0: think there's a 100% chance that you'll <laughs> like it.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Francesca, for that. Alright. Well, bye. Bye. We'll see you next time.
0: Bye.